Hello and welcome to T-Set Pass. This week I am joined by Scarlett Zakari, a lovely friend of mine, animator, TikToker extraordinaire who's played lots of Yu-Gi-Oh, lots of Pokemon, lots of Digimon, and has now invented his own card game, which is pretty impressive, I think, and he's going to tell you how to invent your own card game too. So stay tuned for this chat. I've been quite sick this week, so I can't go as crazy of the edits as I'd like. So appreciate your time this week, and I just want to know what you think of our friend Zach here. So stick, stick to the end. He's a pretty interesting fella. Uh, thank you everybody and have a lovely week until next time hello zach welcome to the podcast it's lovely having you on we didn't get you on in series one did we just didn't work out i think timing wise nope this is my first podcast uh guest special ever ever i've never been on a podcast before well you'll be hooked soon you won't be able to keep you off the boards you'll be on top uh, the (laughs) top cut in no time um so I brought you here today because not only do we make lots of Yu-Gi-Oh content together, lots of Pokemon content together, lots of general TCG content together, you are in that very special few of card game enthusiasts. You've actually made your own card game, Card Rate. Oh, you you had your own there. Yours is bigger than mine. That's not fair. <laughs> this is uh, this is the specialty deck box that uh, the Kickstarter backers. Uh, received so I've got my own special set of all the different versions we've made so far. Brilliant, and I'd love to talk card rate. But before we jump into card rate, tell me a little bit about you. Um, how did you get into Yu-Gi-Oh? How long, how long have you been playing Yu-Gi-Oh? What's your kind of relationship with Yu-Gi-Oh and just general card games in in the wider sphere? Um, so I am Zach or Scarlet Zakari, depending on how you know me or which <laughs> name you read on TikTok, because they're both there. Um, so I'm an artist and an animator. I live in uh, Los Angeles, California. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I've worked in animation for seven years now, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I so... <sighs> There's, there's two paths, right? You're, you want to know about Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, <laughs> originally, I found Yu-Gi-Oh! in childhood. Mm. Um, like, some of my earliest memories are playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, all my, like, grandparents and family members knew that, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was a thing I was interested in. So it was, like, always my Christmas presents were just, like, packs and stuff. Um, how you were describing, like, a deck of standard cards at the beginning... I feel like that's what Yu-Gi-Oh was like at peak Yu-Gi-Oh time for for our generation. Yeah. Like when you everybody at school had a Yu-Gi-Oh deck and I remember being in what was it? 3rd or 4th grade and my school was a private school where like the upper grade students were in with the elementary school and middle school okay. students as well. Um, so I played a kid who I remember was an eighth grader and I'm a third grader and I spanked him so bad after school and everybody was there to see it. And it was just like one of the coolest moments. I never, were you playing, were you playing for anti rules? Did you get his best card or was that far beyond the, uh, the playground rules? No, that was far beyond the playground (laughs) rules. I think everybody at that time, like we're talking you know, maybe three sets into Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't think people were willing to, like, give up that rare card yet. And plus, for most people, it was probably just the standard Blue-Eyes White Dragon start. Stand! There's nothing standard about a Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Everyone is worth its weight in gold, I think you'll find. As plat- as uh, Konami tested with those Platinum Special Editions that they made, like, last year or the year before. Um, Dude, metal cards or something. Yeah, there's something interesting. Those those prices, that Dark Magician one. I know you're a Dark Magician aficionado. 
Dude, I want it so bad. I can't look. They target marketing me for that Dark Magician so bad. It's just on all my Facebook feed all the time. I'm like, no. How much is it for the Platinum Dark Magician that Konami are trying to sell right now? It's over a thousand, right? Like, it's a... It, I feel like it was 1,700, I thought it was. I think it was that yeah. high. I think it's close to two grand, uh, which was just <laughs> completely bonkers. Uh, I... <laughs> I'm going to admit something here. This is coming in the future. I bought the Kaiba briefcase. You bought it. You so, bought the original. You bought Kaiba's briefcase. The only one in the world. Yeah. It's yours. The, yeah. Yeah. The American version, though, that's or the English version, I should say, that's coming out. Um, and that was more money than I want to think about. <laughs> but at least you A, you get a bunch of cards. B, you get special rarities of a bunch of cards. And yeah. C, you get a nice briefcase. You can use that. You yeah. can put things in it. I'm going to put all my Yu-Gi-Oh decks in it. Like, that's my plan, is every format of Yu-Gi-Oh, all my decks going in that one. You're going to be like um, Crowler and GX when they have the new cards arrive on the island. He pulls open the thing and it's got like Ojamas to the nines and like the XYZ Dragon tanks. You're going to be stacked. Speak of Pokemon, we've been playing a lot of Pokemon recently between you and I. Has a little break from Yu-Gi-Oh. You've played Pokemon, you've played Yu-Gi-Oh, you've played Magic as well. Yes, and uh, Digimon. And That's Digimon. everything I've done, like, at least semi-competitively. So, yeah, back to the, the train <laughs> of how we got to here. Um, so, you know, we're back then, we're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And everybody did it. I even, uh, I used to make custom Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Uh, my grandmother, she cut, she cleaned off a Yu-Gi-Oh! card. She, like, took all the artwork. Oh, she did it properly. Like, the proper, the way the pros do it with an exacto knife and uh like she got like all the font off and everything and then we took it and we scanned it at a fedex and she printed like hundreds of pages of cards for me to cut out and just make my own Yu-Gi-Oh cards and obviously i've been drawing my whole life so that was just a dream come true i went nuts with it me and my friends played games with like just my custom cards at times and stuff and then a teacher took them away i had finished i had finished my math work for the day and this teacher comes around and goes you're not allowed to have Yu-Gi-Oh cards in school and i was like but these are are scarlet zakari brand Yu-Gi-Oh cards they're not Yu-Gi-Oh cards i was like i'm these are my sketches like i'm drawing these and i'm allowed to draw and she took them and never gave them back uh that's messed up yeah, it, it was re- it really, really hurt me. I was going to say, not that you're holding on to this pain at all, Zach. Not that it's got a grip on you still to this day. No, I really think that it did because, you know, a lot of people like to make custom Yu-Gi-Oh cards now. And I, I've never done it since that time, since I lost those cards and they were taken from me. Uh, until I decided to make my own card game, I had not ever thought about, well, what would I do with these cards anymore? I yeah. was really upset. And so we fast forward all these years later. Uh, I definitely, I had stints in college yeah. of playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I like, me and my friends all bought a big collection from someone and we divvied it all up and we had our own little community in our own meta where Jinzo was still meta in like 2016. <laughs> Jinzo's you know? been getting play recently in uh, um, Branded <laughs> among the other random junk. <laughs> that fits. That fits so well. Everything everything works with Branded. Branded yeah. is just the best archetype. We can't hate on Branded. Well, you need uh, it to beat Labby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in college, I, I did that. And then I ended up 
getting or losing all those cards or selling them or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so didn't do much card gaming uh, until the pandemic. Now, I'm sure a lot of people got into board games and card games in the pandemic. And in particular, a lot of people got into Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And right before the big boom in, what was it, uh, 2020, uh, Sword and Shield came out. Yeah. And it was... uh, Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whichever one. Whichever Paul. The the marginally less annoying Paul. The one who didn't go to Japan and be awful, but still Uh, not the nice word. Neither of them are great, but the one that's marginally less terrible. (laughs) uh, Yeah, before he made Pokemon just like completely pop off, uh, I was in a GameStop and they were trying to get rid of all the old stock Mm. while the Sword and Shield stuff was coming in. So everything was 50% off for Pokemon cards. And my friend that was with me is a huge Magic the Gathering player. I'd only ever played Magic with him, and he was one of my big Yu-Gi-Oh buddies too. And I looked and I was like, we've had these cards, we never knew how to play this game. If I buy enough cards for you and I to make a deck, will you uh, play this with me? And he goes, I'll do better than that. I'm going to buy my own ETB and my own structure deck and we're going to we're going to make this pop off. And we went around for a week showing all of our friends our decks and by a week later we had 10 people with Pokemon decks ready to throw down. And so we made our own league and again our own meta that was not relevant to what the real meta was. I find uh, it crazy how quickly you can spread something. Like it's not just like it just takes one person to be really like come on let's do it and you can get like a bunch of people to like buy into something especially something that has access where you just go to the store and you spend ten dollars and you can play it i think that goes back to the pre-con thing you were talking about because i love pre-cons i love games where you just pick up the game and everybody can play but i love card games and i feel like that's conflicting because most people do not do tcgs with pre-cons okay so in in case somebody doesn't know a pre-con it we refer to shorthand for pre-constructed so if we were gonna say let's say me and you have a Yu-Gi-Oh duel right now if we decided to play with pre-cons we would go to the shop we would buy a pre-constructed deck like whatever the latest is the um uh red dragon archfiend deck and i could buy the red dragon archfiend deck zach could buy the crystal beast deck Konami have made that deck list of a certain power level. They're normally a little bit even-ish. Um, and we could have a game and we don't get to choose what cards are in our deck. Once you sort of go past that in Yu-Gi-Oh specifically, different card games work differently. You might want to take cards out. You might want to put new cards in. And that's how you make a pre-con deck into your own deck. Or you could be following a deck list that you found on the internet. Um, there are other card games that aren't collectible card games. So in every card game that's like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic or Vanguard or Digimon, you will get pre-con decks that you can get and they'll have some cards that you want, but there'll also be booster packs and they will have other cards that you may want or need, normally of a higher power level than the deck or they upgrade the power level of your deck considerably. So there is no reason to play a pre-con over a deck that you've made out of booster pack cards mixed in and that's how they motivate you to buy the booster packs but there are loads of like party card games like things like exploding kittens um and loads of games where you buy the deck and it's got a set amount of rules and it will just be like shuffle the deck up and give every family member you've got around you five cards you play the game and then you put it back at the box and you put that box on like the game cupboard or shelf or whatever you've got um 
What do you think about like the comparisons? You say you, you you like both. What? How do you feel about the way that they both engage players? So, I love the idea of making your own and getting to construct things and finding cards that you know you love and combining them. But I think the problem for me typically, and this is what immediately happened when we had our own Pokemon League, is that some people can spend more money than others, and whoever can spend the most money, regardless of skill level or s- strategic play ends up being the best because they bought you know four uh cash tira cards you know like and and that's where it stops being fun for me because i love the idea of everybody having their own unique deck yeah exactly but i don't like the idea of just kaiba came in and he bought all the most expensive cards so he's gonna win every time and that's where pre-cons are so great is that it forces people to work with what they have available to them and as long as you got ones that are like pretty close together you can start someone totally new on the game and they have a chance uh to win so in kind of my experience where i was playing pokemon that's what triggered me to want to make my own card games and cardrante is actually not the first one uh that i made no. Um, the the first one, and I'm keeping it a little secret for now because it's basically <laughs> going to be my next game at this point. Um, but I have my own little monster uh, oh. type game. And uh, I wanted it to be a thing similar to chess or a regular deck of cards that everybody could enjoy together. But you still get that type of magic or Pokemon feel of your fighting monsters but your grandma can play it with you. And she doesn't have to be a world-class uh, Yu-Gi-Oh collector or a regionals champion. <laughs> you saying your granny isn't a regionals champ? I don't even want to speak to you unless your granny's at least topped at least one <laughs> local. Um, no, you're right. And you know, people, you know, if this is sounding alien, every deck of cards, the, the classic deck of cards, that's a party game pre-constructed deck. You've got the set amount of spades and jacks and hearts. The the most creativity you get is what game you play with it, not what the, the cards are. Um, they all have their own associated values, and you can be like, we're going to play a game where 10s win, or we can be a, play a game where kings and jacks and queens are better. You can put the ace in or out, you know what I mean? You can play aces as ones or aces as 13s. You still get some creativity there, but it's a set pre-constructed deck. And that is actually the key to making your own card game mm. is what you just said right there <laughs> so i i fumbled into it but i found the secret and then when i showed other game creators they were like no that's how you do it and what that is is you take a regular deck of cards and you tape a bunch of stuff on top of it <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's amazing so so for my first game uh the prototype that i still have is like a bunch of chess pieces that I I bought a chess set and I ripped these pieces from them. And then it's a bunch of like jewelry pieces that I use for another thing. And then four or five regular decks of cards and I just taped everything over top of it. And what it allows you to do is you can build your mechanics over top those set stipulations, right? Mm -hmm. And you get to change things and you can alter them later. But the idea of four of every card in a classic deck of cards, it's that way for a reason. And mm-hmm. it plays super well. Like four of everything is a great way to start. And so when if you're building a card game, I highly suggest as you're going, try and start with those ratios. Start with four of everything. And then you can start to see like, hey, what's busted? What doesn't need to be a four of? What needs to be drawn back to a one or two? But that four of is gonna reveal it. 
you know, and it's going to help you uh, level out and control the power level of your whole game. Yeah. Because for me, that's what when I was playing Pokemon and I was getting I was winning a lot and then I was losing a lot and I get frustrated at rules at times. But the big thing for me was I want everybody to have an equal chance Mm -hmm. um, with a game. I don't want any deck I ever make for any type of game to just be like, well, that's the best one. There it is. Like everything needs a drawback and everything needs a limitation. And I think you've done a good job with Card Rate. So me and you have had a couple of games of Card Rate um, mm-hmm. done on TikTok. Uh, I'm assuming at some point we'll do it in private as well. But Card Rate, it seems very balanced. And this isn't just like some let's go buy Card Rate, big, big push, but it's just a game. Um, it's got very definitive block cards. It's got, you can block everything. You can block some things. Every player has the same tools. It's just about what are they doing? So we draw big hands in Card Rate, and the cards are based on um, martial art moves. Um, mm-hmm. And the aim is to remove all the cards from the is it remove all the cards from the opponent's hand? It's been a little. It's been a couple of weeks since I've played. Yeah. So it's, we remove the cards from the opponent's hand, and so it could be you know Karate Chop or something, for example, takes three cards out of the opponent's hand. Then the opponent can do a block with a block card, or they could just take the three now because they're worried that I'm going to do a seven cards from the opponent's hand next turn. So you can you got to weigh your pros and cons. This is this is very sealed. It's very you know. I don't get to customize it, uh, really. I suppose um, you can talk a little bit about how you might be expanding it with your expansions. Um, This does not have a mana system. It does not have a play cost system because the cards are just sort of... It's attack and blocks. That's the way the cards work. You've played a lot of card games. Most card games have various mana systems a lot of them rip off magic because magic was the biggest one um Yu-Gi-Oh went its own way by not having any mana system they didn't copy magic and didn't think of one to replace it uh I'd say there's a there's a different form of resource control in Yu-Gi-Oh the cards are the resources rather than the things to play the cards Yes, exactly. Or, yeah, like having monsters on the field is a resource that you need to then tribute or fuse or whatever. But, yeah, like you said, all the cards are resources in different ways. Mm. I felt like that's what I ended up going for with Card Rate, is that since the idea is the cards in your hand are both your options and your health force. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that That is the resource. But I will say resource management is one of the biggest motivators when I was making my own game because I hate <laughs> Magic the Gathering and Pokemon's solution to this whack idea that you have to have these other pointless cards that do not do anything other than just let you do the things your cards are supposed to do in the first place. <laughs> yeah, so in Magic the Gathering, you have to play these things called lands. So every turn you can play one land, and that is like a... Uh, an energy unit and you can spend it on different things you can spend your lands on a spell you can spend your lands on a monster a monster that's weak could cost one land so you tap one land it's used for the turn you put a monster down it could be that a big monster needs seven lands and so you have to have lots of lands and you have to play lots of turns obviously as with all card games there are ways to cheat out lands and do monsters that count as lands and all sorts of different ways to make your number bigger but the aim is to amass that pool of mana and use it Pokemon Instead of um, 
having a system to stop you summoning the monsters because they want you to get your Pikachu on the board. They want you to have all your friends out. They instead, you can play the monsters for free, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, but they don't get any attacks until you put energy on them. And that takes that sort of land space in your deck. So you'd have to have some energy cards in your deck and you put a, an electric energy under Pikachu. And that means Pikachu can use his attack. If he doesn't have any energy, he doesn't get anything. Um, other card games have other solutions. I know that um, Lorcana, and uh, from what I've been told of Flesh and Blood, they have a system that you put cards from your hand into a mana pool, like any card, yes. and they have different... Um, and because of that, you can turn. You don't need to run land cards because all cards or most cards can become your land. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Lorcana's not all. It but is. It's a it lot. Is, they have to be like. Yeah, it's a lot of cards. They have to be like ink cards or something. They have like a little spot that they can be converted. Yeah. Uh, that idea, I know for a fact. I, I man, you're reminding me of many <laughs> card games I've actually played. Yeah. Uh, Dual Masters. Dual Masters, which was, which was the magic halfway between Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes, they were the first, to my knowledge, that made it so that any monster could also be played as mana. Really? Which they just straight up, yeah, they just straight up, I'm pretty sure, called it mana, which I haven't played in a long time. I've got a couple pre-cons sealed in the closet for Dual Masters, but... Uh, I have yeah, never touched Dual Masters in any way because when I watched it, I was like, this looks like <laughs> fake Yu-Gi-Oh! And I did not... Like, that main character... Like, say, I'm sure the show might be really good, but that main character yeah. of his, like, generic black hair and his purple generic top or whatever it was, I was like, this it was the reaction that I had that everybody else had when they saw, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s kid. I was like, this yeah. just looks like a knockoff Yu-Gi-Oh! design. <laughs> it And it straight up is, but... There's two things. I'm a I'm just a hair older than you. Yeah. And I feel like at that time we were willing to buy whatever card game they threw an anime at with us. And like we tried it all. Like uh I also have Zatch Bell. And you've probably never played Zatch Bell. I've never played Zatch Bell. There was a time where that was the biggest show on Cartoon Network. It had just come out and Toys R Us like had the decks everywhere and so a lot of us bought them and like uh, I I found as many as I could on Amazon these days and bought up all of them so I can sell them at conventions. But uh, yeah, it, it was a time where like everybody wanted to do it, like all the shows, and we were going to eat it up no matter what it was. I was going to say, was Duel Masters may have, it's died a death in, in the West, but it's still going big in Japan for some it's reason, isn't in it? Japan. But it's not called Duel Masters over there anymore. It's Kaijudo. That's a good name. I like that. It is a good name. It's like, you know, martial arts of the giant monsters is their mm. idea. It's it's uh it's fun. The artwork is insane. If really? You look at I have so we have Little Tokyo here in Los Angeles, and it's really fun to go over there and see what TCG stuff they have in uh japanese and because it'll be totally different games like that's where i think i first saw card vanguard was over there yeah um but i found all these generations of dual masters cards over there that i feel like were pretty recent Mm. and you open them up totally unrecognizable to the original game i love the digimon mana system i love memory um so kind of my path back to Yu-Gi-Oh and back to card games in general was I was doing the Pokemon stuff, decided to make my own card game company and made a personal thing to myself where I was like, hey, um, I want to 
have a deck of every major card game that's around and be able to play anybody in it. And I had that like vision of the Kaiba briefcase and I was like, I'm gonna have a Yu-Gi-Oh deck and a Magic the Gathering deck and whatever else at the time. A Vanguard deck. Where's your Vanguard deck? That's what I want to see. I haven't done that one yet. I'm holding off. Coward. We'll we'll get there. I've spent a lot of money. No, I know. (laughs) Uh, So Digimon came out uh, maybe six months after that happened. And I am a huge Digimon fan. I got a Digimon tattoo right here on my chest. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my first tattoo. I've had tons of Digivices. So when they were like, we're revamping it, I'm like, let's go. Let's see what it's like. And uh, I just went to a local card game shop with a pre-con Greymon deck and got stomped into the dirt. But I still felt like I was able to do things, even though I was always going to lose that game. And I attribute that 100% to the memory system in that if somebody gives you one memory, it's your choice to say, well, technically I've got what does it go to? 12 over on the other side or 13? Or is it? Just, uh, it's, I think it might just be it's 10. It's 10 so that you yeah. can be from minus two onward. Because there's not there's not that many cards that are more than 12. There's a couple of 15s about. But like generally 12 is as big as it gets on normal cards. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're getting starved and, and it feels like there's nothing you can do, really, oh no, I've got 10 memory here right now. And I can drop down this big old Digimon straight to the board. It's probably a horrible idea, but I can do something. And I felt like that really drew me into that game, even at going to locals and getting just completely wrecked by everybody. I think the same. I think Digimon's really good. And not only there was a couple of, they've gone through phases of the game mm-hmm. where there's been different best ways to play. There was a time where it was best to just summon a bunch of low level guys and keep smacking because it was just quicker. Now it's less in slightly less popular rookie rush. Yeah. Um, there used to be a time where you used to mana deny which was like, mm-hmm. so the minute you go over the zero threshold, so let's say I start my turn with two mana, uh, two memory, and I play a three memory card, goes to minus one, which means it's their turn, and they start the turn of one. What you do is you play super cheap cards to keep it yo-yoing back and forth over the zero. So they've never got 10 memory to play a big guy. They've only ever got like one or two memory. And Digimon, they saw that, and then they made the memory tamers, which are tamers that go in everyone's deck, which set your memory to a minimum of three at the start of your turn. To just make sure that we can't keep yo-yoing back and forth. Um, and they've been very good at trying to address that. Mm-hmm. You've made a card game. You'd already been, you're, you're an arty fellow. You do love your art streams. You're an animator. So the, design-wise, you've got that in the bag. You've got that in the bag. Mm-hmm. You know the basic mechanics of building a card game because you've played so many. You've spoken around testing. Um, with normal decks how do you go from the making your own how do you play test it with people is it taking it to friends is it taking it I had do we did you test a lot on your own before you let other people play it or did you go straight into letting other people get their their grubby little mitts on it so because the journey of making this company went a weird way um, we made the other game first we made the demo of that game first and we were playing it with everybody we could think of mm-hmm. we told people that were you know, D&D fans that had friends and we had those friends come over and they played our game with us. And that's like the big thing you start doing. Like, don't just, you show it to people you know and get those people's feedback, but more importantly, get those people to invite people that you don't know that like games. Because that person, that's the person who's gonna tell you the most honest truth 
and they're gonna critique with everything that they're thinking, whether or not it's valuable. They're gonna, cause your friends are gonna say things, they're gonna limit They're gonna be nice, yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna wanna insult you, um, but they're gonna wanna let you know that they how they feel about some things. But that person that's their friend of the friend, they're gonna let it They know. hate like, you, they don't care yeah. about crushing your dreams, you're never gonna <laughs> see them again. Yeah, they're like, this sucks, I, I hate this fucking card. Yeah. Um, but then they also get happy and they tell you like, I wanna buy this game. And that's someone who doesn't know you telling you that they want That's the customer, that that's the market. Yeah. Somebody you don't know, but you know that they're in the vague demographic because they're a friend of a friend, but they actually enjoyed it enough that you want to play it again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, from that point, uh, I found out it was going to be too much money. And I went back to the drawing board and I was like, how do I make a game I can afford to kickstart? And it's got to be all in one. It's going to be one deck of cards and it's going to do everything that a game does. And that's where I came up with Card Rate because I was also working on getting my black belt at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we did Card Rate, um, we ordered uh, physical, like these actual, which is the version you have. Yeah. Um, your version actually comes from, uh, I believe, 2021. Okay. Uh, and what we did was I designed all the art and I designed all the cards and we found a company through Alibaba, which is a website that any of us can go to and access. Yeah. And it allows you to connect with manufacturers uh, all over the world uh, who can help you make your product. Now, the drawback is uh, you have to have minimum order sizes and most people do not want you to make less than 500 or 1,000 yeah. of a product. So we make these demo copies thinking that we're going to be able to sell them due to some other reasons with some investors that ended up not being the case. Also, Kickstarter does not allow you to sell your product before you go on Kickstarter. Really? So we, Yeah. So we ended up with 500 versions of this game that we could not sell, which began the two year long journey of spreading these around the world as to as many people in as many places as I could. And yeah. That's the other big way. That's the other big way to play test. Make a free version of your game and give it to a whole heck ton of people and they're going to go out there and give it to other people. Very true. Um, I know Ghost has played Card Rate with a handful of uh, other people. Um, I'm I'm sure you have at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's the other big thing. Those are games that you're not there for and you're going to hear about later. And they're also making your audience for when your game comes out because now there's all these people that don't own your game that have played the game and they want it as soon as they can get it makes sense i think that's a very interesting thing um so to like to sort of drink bring this maybe a little bit to like close what kind of thoughts obviously everyone and their mum who's played a card game thinks they can make it but i've made plenty of custom cards in my day for Yu-Gi-Oh. i've made plenty of scribbly little card games of my own as a child I, I'm, I'm more designed board games than card games just because i i never really believed that a normal person as a child i was like no normal person can make a card game because it's too expensive and it's too complicated you have proven otherwise i think the rise back then in my brain a card game was pokemon digimon um, Yu-Gi-Oh! You needed to buy booster packs, you needed to be like sure. collectibles. The rise of sealed party games has really changed my mind in terms of what can be made as a game. Yeah. And what can be fun as a game. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have to somebody who's maybe massive fan of card games or you know maybe video games they want to sort of make something, either a, a virtual card game or a physical card game? What kind of advice would you give them thinking about making something? So, 
I thought about this before we did the podcast. <laughs> I felt like this question was going to come. You know um, me too well. And so I think the biggest thing is that it's going to be expensive and not just in the form of money, right? There's two ways that you can pay for things, and that's with money and time. And if you are a small time person uh, doing this stuff, it's possible. No matter what, you can make anything that you set your mind to. You can make a movie yourself. You can make a TV show. You can make a game, uh, especially in today's age. You can make a video game yourself. But if you don't have money, you're going to need a whole heck of a lot of time. And if you don't have money, you're working a job. Yeah. Time is limited. And that means it's going to be your free time, which means it's going to take even longer in the grand scheme of things for all your time. So I've been working on this thing for three years and you have to eat, sleep and breathe your dream. And at times you get tired of it. And at times I look at Cardarate and I was like, ah, it's trash. It's never going to be a thing. And no one's ever going to know about it. And I've worked two years and it's all going to be for nothing. Well, I was going to say, this is three years, three years on your backup project. This isn't even the dream project you wanted to push through in the first place. So backup project for like yeah. feasibility, yeah. you still have to put your, your dream and your heart into <laughs> And that right there was the biggest thing. And that upset me at times, but also I accepted that, no, this is the first achievement. Making this game, this is the game. There is no second game if this is not a game first. Yeah. And so, yeah, biggest thing is you you have to be fully dedicated to this thing and it's going to drive you crazy and you're going to hate it at times and you're going to want to give up, but just keep dedicating that time and eventually it, it will pay off in some way, shape or form. Even if your game isn't huge and everybody doesn't love it, making a game and holding it in your hands and being able to share it with a friend and play it with them, it's like, as an artist, this is the most powerful experience I've had with a creation. Um, I was going to say, this expands to all creations. If you're a writer, being able to give someone a book or a poem or a piece yeah. that you've written or like an artist, a piece of art, you can show it to someone. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way about videos that I've made. The fact that they're real, they're real things. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about, yeah, I was thinking about it the the other week, and, you know, about on, a, on a scientific level. The universe is made up of matter that we cannot as humans we cannot make more from nothing we cannot make an apple into two apples like you can half an apple and you can have two bits yeah. of apple but you cannot yeah. make something more from something except for art art is the only thing where we can go i have an empty piece of paper and now yeah. i have a painting um like and obviously the paint is is the investment but the skill is the only thing that takes that um, to another level, I guess. You know, let's, let's not talk about AI and all other junk. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That's, that's a whole different debate for another day. <laughs> but I think art is. I think art feels so rewarding because it's one of the very, very few things in life where you can start with nothing, you can have something, and then you can give it to people and share it. And, yeah, and, it's uh, it's magic. Mm. You know, it's being a magician. Whether it's whether it's making a video or making art or making a game or making a song you're yeah you're generating something from nothing and that's like magic you're a freaking wizard yeah so, uh, <laughs> thank you for your kind gifts lewis sean ben john zade z corin eric wolfie joel cat and chaos big appreciation all round 